Uh, we did a message a couple weeks ago on from uh, Ecclesiastes. We're going to do a message, another message out of uh, out of that book. It's one of the three books in the Bible which are called wisdom literature. That's uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the book of Job. And uh, wisdom literature, at least for the partly, has a point, and that is to shake us up a little bit from. Um, just some, some of our thinking, it challenges some of our thinking in terms of like the story of Job. We have a story of someone who is following God with all his heart and he suffers tremendously. That kind of shakes us up sometimes with, with our relationship with God and sometimes, sometimes our thinking like, you know, how does, how does that work? It's someone's suffering and losing family members and yet they're, they're following God. And, and then we have Proverbs, of course, with all these, you know, mostly true kind of sayings in them. And then we have Ecclesiastes, which is a book... Uh, which has this phrase over and over again, everything is meaningless. <laughs> or if you're older translations, everything is, is vanity. Uh, this word is used uh, more than 40 times in this book. It is kind of the central theme as he, he's just kind of wandering through life and he keeps looking at life and just saying, everything is meaningless, everything is meaningless, utter <laughs> meaningless. And we're like, what's this guy? He's like super depressed or what's going on? Uh, partly the problem is our English translations, as scholars will note, that this, this word, it, it means smoke, but if it just says smoke, smoke, everything is smoke, it might like, make less sense unless you kind of understand what he's talking about. The word actually means uh, smoke or vapor. And he's not saying that everything is completely meaningless. Uh, he's saying that life is a lot like smoke. Life is a lot like vapor. Everything is smoke. It's utter smoke. And so when you think about smoke, smoke is, I mean, when you, you see it, uh, you know, it's, it's tangible in a way that you can see it move, but you can never grab it. If you try to grasp smoke, your hands go right through it and, and, and it changes shape and you might think it looks like this, but all of a sudden it looks like something different. It's, smoke for, it is partly uncontrollable. I mean, if you're sitting around a campfire, you're saying white rabbit to keep the smoke away, but it keeps coming. I mean, you can't control smoke. It's driven by the wind. And so he's saying that life is like smoke. That sometimes when we try to control it, we try to get a handle on it, we think life is going this way, then all of a sudden you have like Job. Or if it's going this way, all of a sudden it's not going the way. And you can't quite ever get a handle on life because it's like smoke. And like smoke, smoke only lasts for a moment. You know, if I was smoking a pipe or something, and it would kind of disappear. Or, you know, a forest fire only lasts so long. Smoke only lasts so long. And so too, over and over again, he's saying that life is like smoke, that it's short. In the grand scheme of this 13 billion year universe, <laughs> I mean, our life is pretty short. And, you know, sadly, some folks in this life even have shorter lives. It's like smoke. And so he's basically, as he goes through looking at various aspects of life, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, everything is smoke. Life is like smoke. But he has some good news built in there, and we need to talk about that. We will talk about it again. Uh, but part of his point is to learn to enjoy the moment. Every single moment, every single second of the day, you need to learn to enjoy. And we'll talk more about that. That's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. But to illustrate the, the, the book of Ecclesiastes, I'll make up a story about two mountain climbers. Because uh, to me, if I were going to summarize this in a story, I'd probably summarize it like this. You can picture two mountain climbers. 
these two climbers have been, you know, buddies since high school, and all their life they have been just thinking about one day we're going to climb that epic mountain, whatever mountain it is. Well, that's just too big, but Mount Everest works. So you can say that. How about halfway up Mount Everest? Yeah. <laughs> I've always, I, actually, I've told my wife so many times if I was not married, I'd climb Mount Everest because I think it'd be fun, but maybe a little dangerous. Anyways, these two climbers, uh, they, uh, they get all their pack gear packed up and they put money into this trip and they've had all their dreams into this trip and they finally make it to the, to the base of this mountain and they spend the night there and they're just so happy about reaching the top of this peak because it's been their dream and they put lots of money into it and time and energy. And so the next day, I mean, weather looks beautiful. And they begin to head out and finally they, you know, these cool views and they make it up into the alpine and the snow into the glaciers and they're planning to camp for a night maybe up there and they camp overnight and the next day they're going to they're gonna summit but the weather all of a sudden goes crazy and they can't make it and, you know, they only have so much vacation time so they can't get the summit so they had to wander back, back home and they get into back home. But anyways, uh, one of these hikers is just completely depressed after. He is so, so miserable because his whole life he's been like planning to reach the summit. His whole life he's like, you know, put money and time and effort. And his whole dream was if I just get to the summit of this mountain, man, that's just going to be awesome. And I'm going to be so thrilled. But he never makes it. And so he's completely depressed. He's bummed out. And he just seem, can't seem to get out of the funk. Uh, the other climber... You know, he was kind of bummed out a little bit that he didn't make it to the top. But, but he was someone that was just so enjoying every moment of the trip. You know, all the people who got to see as they were traveling to the mountain and, and as they were walking towards their little camp at the bottom of the mountain, all the things he got to see and the bugs and the trees and being able to hang out with his friend and he gets to spend a night in the temp and, in a tent in the Alpine. He always wanted to do that. And, and he, he climbs this mountain and he sees all the views and the beauty around him. He's just, he's just every step, he's just enjoying every step of the journey. But he doesn't make it to the summit. But he's not entirely bummed out because he enjoyed every moment of the journey. The other fellow is completely bummed out because he was only focused on the end. He was only focused on the goal. He was only focused on the future. And he missed all the little moments of joy in between. The book of Ecclesiastes, this guy is basically one guy who is kind of living both perspectives. He will look at one perspective and say, you know, life really sucks. It's like smoke. And then he'll say, life is so beautiful. There are so many things to enjoy. It's, it's almost as if he has cognitive dissonance. This, this idea of like trying to hold two beliefs that actually don't work together. It seems like when you're reading this, because it's like, man, that's really depressing. And then all of a sudden, well, wow, like that's kind of the opposite of what he was saying. Uh, for instance, we'll look at a few of these and then I kind of bring it to a conclusion. Uh, there's about six or seven of these kind of back and forths in this book, uh, like Ecclesiastes 2. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth. Maybe some of you feel like that about your job. <laughs> he did. For I must leave to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless is, how smoky that is. Again, he's hating everything because in this idea he's totally focused on controlling his future and his, all his money. And, you know, but, but I can't really control it after I die. Who knows what's going to happen with all this. It's just like smoke. It's like smoke. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. 
Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It's all smoky. <laughs> it's all meaningless. And so this is like the, the depressed guy. <laughs> Looking at our life, which we all have to work in various ways, and, and it's all just about you know, trying to gain all this wealth so that you know, somehow your name will be carried on in future generations. I mean, you can't control that. And he's trying to think ahead till after he dies. And he's like, I can't really, I'd like to be able to control where my money and all this work goes, but I, but I can't. And so in the grand scheme of this, this, this billion year universe, it all just seems so meaningless. My job and all this work and effort I'm putting into and the big picture. And, he, and he's just like, this is all just smoke. I can't get my handle on this. But then he uh, goes the other way. So he says, I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. This is almost like the opposite. It's like, work sucks! <laughs> but you find satisfaction in it. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God, for who could eat or enjoy anything apart from Him? And, and so he has this theme where he looks at a subject, and he just kind of makes it seem really depressing. And then he'll say, but if you learn to live in the moment, there is joy. If you learn to live in the moment... Just realizing all these little gifts that God has put around you, it'll change your world. When every single time you take a bite of a food or every time you take a drink of something, if you just, just enjoy those flavors and those gifts that God has given you in that moment or the satisfaction of work when you're at your job to find those things that actually give you joy. And maybe it's the people around you. Maybe it's that, that little moment where you made someone happy because you helped them out or maybe it's just that you're getting a little money to support your family. Whatever you can find which makes you satisfied, focus on that. Don't just focus on your future or these big goals because that's all like smoke. You can't control that, but you can control those little things in the moment. And I think what he's saying here is just there are enjoyments and gifts in this life of smoke. And there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of things we can't control. And there's a lot of things that aren't fun and not, aren't happy. But, but when you look for those little gifts, you look at those things that bring enjoyment, it can change your world. And so in, th in chapter 3 he says, what do people really get from all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all because, I mean, there's a sense that right from the very beginning, the Garden of Eden, uh, God gave Adam and Eve jobs. They were to take care of the garden. But of course, you know, that was a perfect world before, you know, angry people and customers and other things that make our work not so fun. Yet God, and then, and then he switches back to the other side. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And, and again, he talks about that in another place where we try to, we try to define God. and We try to, to, to understand his plan for our lives. And, you know, we got it all figured out. And then it's like, we just try to grasp, it's like smoke. <laughs> so I concluded, because I can't get a handle on work in my future and even, even God's plans, it's, it's all like smoke to me. So, so, so where do I find enjoyment if I can't find enjoyment in, 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 in those things? He said, well, here he says, I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and to enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor for these are gifts from God. And sometimes we forget that 
the food we eat is a gift from God. Those little bugs that are so unique out in the forest, in the trees, in the sky, and the fact that right now I'm breathing, that's a, that's a gift. A gift from God. He's just saying that there's all these gifts around you. You can get so wrapped up in the big picture and, and trying to find enjoyment. If I just get this and if this just happens in my life, then I'll, then I'll be set. But what about, what about now? What about enjoying God right now in this moment? In everything you're doing? He, he seems to be saying that there is happiness to be found in the smoke. And he goes on in Ecclesiastes 3, another kind of back and forth. He says, I also thought about the human condition. How God proves to people that they are like animals. For people and animals share the same fate. Both breathe and both must die. So people have no real advantage over animals. How, how, how smoky. <laughs> both go to the same place. They came from dust and they returned to dust. For who can prove that the human spirit goes up and the spirit of animal goes down to earth? So I saw that there is nothing better for people than to be happy in their work. Again, we can still try to caught up on these big things that we don't fully understand and it can make us miserable because like, I just, if I just had that all figured out, if I just had the wisdom to understand this universe, then maybe I'd be happy. And he says, that's just smoke. You, you can never fully figure stuff out. And so learn to be happy in your work. Look for those moments of joy in life. Ecclesiastes 5. He says, we all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as in the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. And this too is a very serious problem. And it is if your whole world is about money and possessions. <laughs> you know, because in the big picture, it is kind of smoky. It, it may give us meaning in the moment and help us live a bit more comfortable life. But, but in the big picture, you might lose it all. Something might, might turn out the way. And so this is a very serious problem, he says, as he philosophizes about life. People of this world leave no better off than when they came. And all their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, angry. Again, this is the depressed mountain climber, like, looking at life. He's just like, ah, everything sucks, and it's just smoky, and, you know, because I just, I just want to make money, and I just, I just want to control what all my generations do, and I want to, you know, find fulfillment in all those things. And, and then he flops back to the other side, this cognitive dissonance. Even so, I have noticed one thing, at least, that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them. He keeps saying this, eating and drinking and working. And a lot of our lives, that's, that's a lot of our life. <laughs> he's not lying about that. Uh, we eat and we drink and we, we, we work. And he's saying, you need to learn to find enjoyment in those things. You need to learn how to connect with God in those things because you spend so much of your world eating and drinking and working that, that if you can't find enjoyment in those things, that really is, it, there's a sense that that's meaningless. And so look for the little gifts as you eat and as you drink and as you work and find that enjoyment in those little things and, and, and breathe in the love of God as you're at work and even with those frustrating things around you, find those enjoyment because there is happiness and there are gifts found in the life of smoke. Another example is Ecclesiastes 7. It seems so wrong that everyone under the sun suffers the same fate. Already twisted by evil, people choose their own mad course. For they have no hope. There is nothing ahead but death anyways. Again, this is the, the miserable mountain climber. <laughs> you know, we're all going to die. And again, this is a lot picturing this, this phrase of life under the sun, life without eternity. 
Go ahead, eat your food with joy and drink your wine with a happy heart, for God approves of this. Wear fine clothes with a splash, splash of cologne. Live happily with the woman you love throughout all the smoky days of your life that God has given you under your son. So again, he turns to the theme, theme of trying to find enjoyment in the everyday. But he adds something here that's very important. It's not just eating and drinking and working, but it's, it's relationships. To learn to find those joys in those relationships. I mean, relationships are very difficult at times, but man, when you look for the, the beautiful ways God has created that person and, and the gifts God has put in them, that, to look for those things that you can be thankful for and joy. I mean, you're just pushing us to, to find happiness in those things. Because the other choice is to live like that miserable mountain climber or to live like his miserable other self and everything is just, it's just lame <laughs> because I, I'm going to live my 40, 70, whatever years and then I'm going to die and I, who knows what happens to my wealth and, and the big picture of things. There's not a lot of meaning in that. So, so learn to enjoy the moment. Wear some clothes and cologne and happy heart. God's approves of this, <laughs> he says. And then Ecclesiastes 8. And this is not all that is meaningless in our world, in life. Good people are often treated as though they were wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they were good. This is so meaningless. That's smoky. It's, it's smoky because, again, you can try to live a really good life and be really nice to people and sometimes people turn on you. And probably all had that happen. And sometimes these, these, these people who seem to hurt so many other people seem to have these, these, these lives of pleasure and goodness and riches. And, and the psalmist talks a lot about that. I mean, you know, at one point he's complaining, what is it worth following you, God? Because I follow you and all these horrible things are happening. Look at those wicked people out there and they're prospering. And, and, and this is like the, the book of Ecclesiastes messes up and misses, <laughs> messes us up. It's like I had caffeine or something. <laughs> and he says, life is smoky. We, we can't always control it. So he says in his more positive self, so I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. Because we have to do all those things, again, he's just saying learn to enjoy those little things in life. You don't want to live your whole life miserable as some people do. If I just retire, then I'll be happy and get, get rid of this horrible job I have. And, you know, life is so lame. But if I just retire, I have done funerals for people who have not made it that far. A lot of them. If you, if you can't find enjoyment now, you're missing out on the gifts that God has given you. If you can't see the gifts around you that God has put in this moment... Everything else is like smoke. We can't control it. And this is part of the theme of, of Ecclesiastes. And here's one or two more. Ecclesiastes 11. Life is, uh, light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. Right there, there's gifts. This is, this is a new day. <laughs> Thank God I got another day. Uh, just find the beauty in that. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. And do you rejoice in every day of life. Because every day of life has gifts and beauty and meaning and gifts that God has placed there. But let them also remember that there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is smoky. Again, you better learn to enjoy every day because tomorrow's not promised for any of us. So you learn to enjoy walking with God in this moment. 
and living and breathing in His love and participating in what the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are doing and loving the people around you and enjoying every single bite you have because you never know if that's the last and every drink you have and you better find enjoyment in your, in your work even if it's miserable. You can look for those things to find enjoyment because you don't want to live your whole life miserable. <laughs> And if you try to control everything in your world and, 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 and that's going to make you miserable because sometimes life is like smoke and the things you try to control don't work out the, the, the way you want. Now all of this, of course, is in the context of his concluding thought, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. The very summary of this book, when he kind of looks at life and it's like all these miserable things and yet trying to find joy in the moment, he says... Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Again, he's saying everything's like smoke. You can't control life. So that's the whole story. Now this is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands for this is everyone's duty. And we can just easily roll that into the New Testament because this was written under the Old Covenant where, where the, the fear of God has now become perfect love, casts out all fear, and we're in this love relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We can roll the obeying the, the, the commandments of God from the 613 Old Testament commandments into the New Covenant where it's loving God and loving people or the, the primary command of Jesus which is to love one another as He has loved us. And so as we find those moments of joy in eating and drinking and work, it's not like indulging in self-pleasures that are hurting other people because I just want to enjoy my life. No, it's in the context of this final conclusion that everything we do as we enjoy that morsel, as we enjoy that drink, as we enjoy in the work, it's saturating this idea of being in a love relationship with God and loving people as Jesus loved us. And, and he would just conclude that if you want to find some joy and enjoyment in life, this is it. Appreciate every moment of your life. And every moment of your life, saturate yourself in the love of the God of, the God of this universe and saturate yourself in, in carrying out the command of Jesus was to love one another as he has loved us. I mean, you have a choice. That book, I think he's saying in this book, of which mountain climber are you going to live like? The one who's only focused on trying to control life and get to those goals and if I just get there, then I'll finally be happy. But life is like smoke. You never know if that's going to happen. Or you can be the other climber who every little step is like, wow, look at that. <laughs> every breath is like, oh, that's such a gift from God. Every little taste of food is like, oh, what about that flavor? Oh, this flavor. Oh, look at that flavor. And I mean, we can learn something from wine tasters because they have all these, these ideas of flavors or food tasters because they just, they just learn to enjoy every morsel. And the book of Cle is learn that. Learn to enjoy the people around you. I mean, we have people in this church from wildly different theological perspectives, as you probably realize, and wildly different ideas about things, and sometimes it'll irk us, but to look for those things in others that are beautiful, and that we appreciate, and we can connect with, and we see God in them. And Matthew said, if you're always racing to the next moment, what happens to the one you're in? Slow down and enjoy the moment you're in, and live your life to the fullest. I mean, Jesus said this, this way, do not worry about tomorrow for each, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Just focus on today, focus on the now. Because, I mean, when you spend too much time worrying about the future, trying to control it, I mean, it just gives you anxiety. And most of our anxiety is about future issues or future problems or things we're trying to control and it makes us anxious because, you know, what about this? Or I got to, you know, this is not going well or what if this doesn't work out and we get so anxious worrying about tomorrow. Jesus says, no, no, no. Spend most of your time just thinking about the moment, about today. 
And a lot of our depression comes from thinking about the past, you know, like, whoa, man, I was such an idiot to that person, and, you know, why did I do that? And if I just had made a different choice 10 years ago, I'd be in a different place, and I wish I chose a different career. And that just makes us miserable when we spend all the time in the past. But I tell you, right in this moment, there is joy to be found. And if you can't see it, you can say, God, what in this moment do I have a reason to be joyful? And maybe it's just your breath. Because that's a gift in the moment. Alice said, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. That's what, pretty much what James says in the book of James. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Do you recognize all those gifts around you? It's the call of the book of Ecclesiastes to see what God is doing in every moment. I think we can learn a lot from kids as we wrap this up, because, you know, little kids tend to live all their life in the moment. You know, when they're really small, they're not so worried about the future or even the past. They're like, they're just playing with their toys and enjoying each and every moment. And, and you know, God constantly calls us to be childlike. You know, stop worrying so much about the future, even because there's a lot to worry about. But who knows how it's going to turn out? You don't even know. It's smoky. <laughs> you know, the past, there's a lot of things to be depressed about. But, hey, God's forgiven that. There's no condemnation. God's not shaming you about the past. But you have this moment, this moment to live in. And so see, there's some of the questions you can just ask as you live life. So what, what, what little gifts are in this moment? What gifts and pleasures are around you that you are missing? Where is God's goodness seen in this moment? And you can just pause at any time and just, and just receive the love of God and just feel His love. And often what blocks us feeling the love is, is feeling that God is condemning us or shaming us, but He doesn't. Jesus, Jesus is taking care of that. <laughs> You're just free to receive God's love in every breath, in every moment. And I tell you, the book of Ecclesiastes says when you learn to live more like that, you'll find more joy in life.